This weekend, I'm going to be in Portland, Oregon at Helium Comedy Club, February 6th through the 8th. That's a Thursday through a Saturday, baby. Ooh, and the Oscars are on Sunday. Who cares? Unless Tom Hanks wins, then we all care because Hanks is the man, even though he was like, at the Golden Globes, which kind of made me go, I wouldn't see Forrest Gump 2 in the theater, but I watch it on a plane because you actually again, took some of your cool chips off the table. Uh, I still love you, Hanks. If you want to come to the show at uh, Helium in Portland, I'll get you free tickets. I'll get your whole family tickets. I'll get anybody who wants tickets if they hit me up uh, through Instagram or Facebook and give me a good reason why. But you know what? Buy a ticket. Support the arts. February 6th through the 8th, Helium Comedy Club, Portland, Oregon. And uh, let's smoke some weed. All my tour dates are at adamraycomedy.com. We're, uh, we're hitting a lot of cities this, uh, this spring. Vegas, Dallas, uh, Enumclaw, Washington. Yeah, that's right. We're skipping Seattle, and we're going straight to the claw, Enum style. So come out, get your tickets, come laugh. Uh, a lot of fun to be had, and, um, and I can't wait. So with that out of the way, let's start the show. Welcome to the About Last Night podcast, episode one of 2020. That's right, baby. New podcast, who dis? Well, same podcast, but uh, but new new format, new style, new family. Say hello to the peanut gallery. We got Mike and Mark on the mics. What it do? What that? Nice. White and black versions of the same guy. <laughs> same word. We just said the same thing. You did, dude. <laughs> we just said the same thing. Though. Dude, this is why it's great to have both sides of the coin. You know there what I'm go. saying? So what'd you say again, Mike? I said, what it do? What it do. Which, by the way, the first time I heard what it do, I was like, I want that to be my new thing. But I don't have enough swagger. It's not even like I need to be a black guy. It's hey, just hey. like I didn't have enough swagger to say it. You said that so cool. And then Mark goes, what up? <laughs> Same like shit. Like one of the Budweiser frogs. <laughs> what up, Budweiser? What it do? And then we got Nate over here. Say what up, Nate. You're off mic, but we can hear you. Nate, dog. What's that? <laughs> what it do? What it do? <laughs> no swaggery. No swaggery. <laughs> uh, so this is the new About Last Night podcast. You guys have been waiting for it. Mm. I, I hope. We've been waiting to do it. And um, it's going to be it's gonna be fun, man. It's going to be the same old great guests, a lot of laughs. Um, but we're going to, we're going to hit some, some of the top, uh, news stories of the world, but not the ones that are like getting all the extra attention that, um, you know, that like the today show covers or, uh, or, uh, you know, us weekly, we're doing this shit that's off the beaten path. You know, like when you go on a hike, right. And everyone's like, dude, this is the way to the fucking, there's like bears this way. And, uh, you know, a family or like a picture of it's, it's one of those things where you can put your face mm-hmm. through an outline of bears and then you take a picture and it's like, we were bears in the woods in Yosemite. Right. But then if you went that way, you'd see actual bears. Yeah. Or rattlesnakes. Or rattlesnakes. We're going to shine, yeah. shine a light on actual bears. These aren't stories that are scrolling across CNN. No. These are stories. Deep dives. Yeah. The deep, you got to do a private. This search. is when you're alone in a, in a La Quinta in, in Sacramento at 2.15 in the morning. Yeah. And you're like, is there, is there anything open? No. Because yeah. in Sacramento, things close around 11.15. Uh, Mike, have you been around snakes before? You said that like that was something that's. I mean, when I first came out to LA and it was like, let's go to Runya, and then immediately I saw the sign that says possibly rattlesnakes. I said, I'm not walking up there. So <laughs> the hike was very short. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I didn't do much dating. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, there's certain creatures <clears throat> on a hike that get me to go, I'm going back down the mountain. Facts. Yeah. Uh, snakes, lions. 
Yeah. That's a big one right there. Mountain lions, they out here. Oh, they're out here. All the time I see people posting videos of the mountain lions being in somebody's backyard or even just on the mountain. Yeah. Did I remember I saw a guy once post a video while he was hiking and he saw the mountain lion like perched up like across the way. Oh, yeah. And he was like, no fucking way. Shh. No fucking way. For like five minutes, I was like, what are you doing? I, it started, he was taping so long, I was like, I hope this lion Murder. just does one of those things where he goes like, and just yeah. dives like you know just pounce on them impossibly long and far like yeah. across two fucking hilltops and just took Crying. that guy out but the phone lands and it's still recording we get to see him just get mu we're live on instagram by the way let's say <laughs> hi to instagram go. live what up ig what up about last night fans uh we're gonna give you about uh 10 to 15 on the ig live and then you gotta go back and watch this on youtube which every episode will be posted on youtube and uh spotify itunes wherever you get your audio uh, joy um well first of all let's just talk about your days because this is about last night okay. so let's fucking see what happened last night last night mark how was your night last night i don't even remember what happened last night let's That's move on to mike <laughs> mike what'd you do man last night uh what did i do last night i went to the improv it was uh the 40th anniversary at the improv Dude, for eddie can we salute eddie burke by the oh way oh my god 40 the years bartending yeah at the hollywood improv this should not be slept on this is insane uh, he got Kevin Nealon his job, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, he's been there. Chris Albright, the head of HBO. Yes. Uh, Bud Friedman, who started the improvs, hired Eddie, came last night um, in his, you know, he had a stroke, but still showed up and it was in a chair, but gave a little speech. They played a big video tribute thing oh. to Eddie. A lot of comedians spoke. And then it was just a big hubbub of, of who's who and who's that. And why is that, why is that <laughs> comic here? He's never even met Eddie. And, uh, and Eddie is just like this classic staple of, of comedy clubs. Yeah, he is. Of, of of the comedy world, the improv, obviously. You don't, you think of the improv, you think of Eddie, right? Yeah. And he doesn't even And like you think of Eddie, him. and then you think of the movie Eddie with Whoopi Goldberg. And then you, oh and my then you God. think, how did that get made? Digging and then you in go, the crates. And then you go, wow, remember when uh, Whoopi did movies? Yeah. <laughs> but Eddie is, uh, we probably all have our own Eddie stories. We yeah. all, the improv holds a special place in all of our hearts. Yeah, I worked there. Yeah. What you did you, how did you get your invite, Adam? I'm curious because oh, Eddie, just, I'm low man on the totem. Pole. Eddie just shot me a message and says you got to come through. To okay. my party. How but did then you the improv? I got an email and evite. Okay, Dude. I didn't get any of them shits. I'm in St. Louis. I get a phone call from Eddie saying, "Hey, Mike, they're uh, they're doing some kind of uh, surprise birthday party for me. I need you to come." Who's that? What is Eddie. that voice? Oh, was that was Eddie. Eddie. It was Eddie. He was saying, "I'm doing a <laughs> all right." We, got, we gotta I get Mike. We gotta. We, we I heard it. him wrong. I heard him wrong. I thought he said it was my 40th birthday party. I'm like, nigga, you was not 40. You know what I'm saying? I was like, how the fuck he said he's 40? I was like, you sound way younger over the phone, Eddie. He was like, damn, Eddie's old as hell. But I told him definitely, I'll be there. I will pull up definitely. Yeah. People so. in LA lie about their ages too. He goes. He's not 40. You go, you knocked off 30 years? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, five or seven, give or take, I Back would let you do. He but. goes, I rounded down. You go, you rounded down three times. <laughs> right, you rounded down three decades. <laughs> right. I do think there's something about those types of moments where also like some comics, there's no rule book for it and there's no true real moderator or host. There was kind of, but like people were going on a little too long and you mm. there's no way though to truncate or tell someone like enough with the memories you wrap know? it up wrap it up you can't wrap up a yeah. uh you can't tell bud, salute or bud freeman you're running a light no you definitely can't <laughs> it's his light you know yeah and uh but eddie you know ha has seen it all has been there for ellen robin williams Chappelle, saget uh roseanne um prior i mean just ray. reno yeah. ray saratella ray saratella anthony dude hey. he's seen it all anthony's done the lab I've done the main. What are you talking about? Plenty of times. So you got so I got pictures. When was the first time you met 
Eddie at the improv? Like in your so once you start being a, a door guy there. Yeah, 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 yeah. What when did you get your uh, your Eddie moment? I got a, a couple Eddie moments when I first worked in there and um I came to the bar to get a water and he was like, Who are you? And I'm like, I'm unemployed. <laughs> I, I work here. He was like, I'll All right. Your face. And then I went over there to try to get some water. He said, No one comes behind the bar. And I was like, Oh shit, okay. So. Yeah. No, he starts by yelling at you for years. Yeah. I I took two years of just abuse from him and then now now he's one of the closest friends. Yeah. Did he try to out black chick you? He tried to say he had more chocolate than me. Out black chick you? Yeah, he was trying to say he I, he slept with more sisters than me. Wow. And I was like, okay, what a great thing. Yeah, that's an unknown Eddie fact. <laughs> He's Welcome like, back to unknown Eddie fact. You. And I was like, yeah. oh, really? Okay. Did so. he name them? Nah, he didn't drop names, but been great. I'm sure Harriet Tubman was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't say you're 40 when you're born in the 40s. <laughs> yeah, he was, when the improv was segregated, you're like, we got a separate mic over here. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> separate mic. Yeah. Uh, well, it was special, and uh, Eddie, we love you, and here's to 40 more years. Absolutely. You fucking gangster. Absolutely. Uh, went to that last night. Also had a uh, just a pretty insane uh weekend and uh mark and i've been working on this pilot presentation for a minute nate dog was around to uh to help out and, oh, and get the fun going <laughs> and uh, mike when the show gets picked up you definitely will be a part of it appreciate um it. but there was limited time and space and roles and um basically i got tired of waiting around uh and getting close on shows and not getting them for those of you that don't know what hollywood truly is like <laughs> i've got yeah. so many painful stories let them know to turn you away from trying to chase this dream. But I've also got enough stories that'll make you go, fuck, that seems dope, you know? Yeah. The, the good with the bad. Shit, did Lights Out um, uh, on Spade Show. Last night, Mark came, helped me write some uh, Hand claps, hand claps. Dude, yeah, I wore a Gary Payton shirt, right? Yeah. And uh, and they were like, oh, we don't know the logos. I go, the team doesn't exist anymore. Loophole. And they were like, fuck, you got me there. <laughs> so I, I wore it. And then I tagged in my one of the promo picks, GP, who we've had on the podcast. Uh, shout out to GP. Uh, best defender of all time. Greatest Sonic of all time. Love you, Rayman, too. But you gave me my number. We exchanged uh, about six uh, messages. And then all of a sudden it said not delivered. So GP, you are back in the circle of trust. You, you never left it, but you're at the top. And um, And I tagged GP saying lights out in my Gary Payton shirt. He messaged me back today on Instagram, says, appreciate the shout out, much love, hope all's well. I go, it is, blah, blah, blah. They start messaging me about Kobe, hope you're doing all right. We went back and forth for about 10 minutes. Wow, nice. that's dope. So that type of shit where you go, all right, I, you think about everything you did that got you to that moment to where you could message with your childhood hero. Very cool. But on the flip side, hey man, you know, a lot of auditions that you go well, then you don't get them, that, that don't go well, and you still don't get them. Yeah. Just we all have our own fair share of war stories. And Nate just got here, so you're wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and just fucking full oh, life. What is and this? Yeah, dude. Yeah. And we need that energy. This is why you're gonna be a great addition to the to the program because Nate's just fucking like, dude, everything's half full. And we're like, you fucking wait a minute. You fucking <laughs> chill out with your positivity. I'm check at you in next October. I'm gonna see where you at. Yeah. Keep that same energy. <laughs> um, and Mike, we'll get into your uh, your backstory as the show goes on. But right. um, but uh, I'll be quiet then. But I think. Uh, there is something to be said about making your own good luck, right? Creating stuff out of the ground. And we've all done that in our own ways. And even fucking Nate coming down here and hit me up blindly and be like, yo, Seattle, Seattle, what's going on? Can I help out? Mark and I just constantly write and creating just, you know, Mike, you're doing the same thing, man. And, and I feel like I kind of spit you in that right direction when you were like, yo, what should I be doing? I was like, you know, get a job here, do this. And you just be active. And you, you were clawing at stuff. Even TMZ working there for a little bit, served its purpose, got some FaceTime, made some good connections. He's still there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you said he left. I haven't moved on yet. No, getting to TMZ. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah
and uh, it's, it, everything begets everything, right? It's all like, and uh, anyway, so we put this pilot presentation together. Joel McHale uh, did, did some uh, did a, a couple scenes. David Keckner, Ron Funches, mm. Thomas Lennon, who's just a genius beyond geniuses. And um, in the last day, it was basically full prosthetic. My gal, uh, Jen Aspinell from Mad TV, who I met on the one season that we did on CW. Thanks for bringing it up. Got canceled. She also was on <laughs> SNL. <laughs> also, also on SNL for five years during the Farley Carvey, like mm. just a gangster. Golden ears. Did me up full prosthetic for three different characters. Unrecognizable. Mm. One of them kind of because it was braces and zits and whatever. Still a crazy transformation. The other two could not tell it was me, especially on day three, which was our final day of shooting, where I was a, a sassy hair salon owner. Thomas Lennon plays my boyfriend receptionist. It's fucking phenomenal. Your dude. mother's in every sketch. My mom yeah. flew down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Carolyn, well, I love me some Carolyn. Former, watch it, former, <laughs> former, <laughs> former uh, ALN guest, three-timer, Puddin, um, hashtag Puddin, uh, uh, which, yeah, you met Puddin. Yeah, she loves you. I mean, that's, Car- what, but that's, I love my, you. that's the nickname that I'm... I- my mama's name and you, her name's yep. Carolyn too, and yep. it's Puddin'. Yep. So that's why immediate bond. So they many, were, yeah. so many, so many parallels. I text my mom and see if she reminds me calling her Puddin'. <laughs> Can I call you Puddin'? What's up, Puddin'? Definitely hit that mic ladder next time. Yeah, can we do that? <laughs> yeah. Mic check. Bow. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Man, it's good to be back. And you know what? The best part about being back is sharing the goodies with you, the fans. I love candles, okay? You know from listening to this podcast, we've always had candles living around the apartment and now my new place. And um, I'm tired of buying the bullshit candles from the store. I want some personal touch. I want something handmade. So that's why I found Hangover Candle Company. That's right. Homemade by a bartender in Fort Collins, Colorado. He's a big comedy fan, podcast fan, reached out, said, I love the pod, would love to some, send you some candles. I'm like, I'm not comfy giving you my address. He's like, come on, trust me. I was like, all right, let's roll the dice. Boom. Now I've got fucking 40 different flavors of Hangover Candle Company candles in my place. Um, they're cut, sanded, poured, packed, and shipped, all by him. Um... And you can choose from over 200 different containers, okay, to build your candle in. And over 40 different scents to create your own uh, smell. You can customize your own scent. Shit, man, they've got flavors like uh, fucking root beer, apple pie, cinnamon stick, coffee, fresh cut grass, uh, hazelnut, lavender, leather, maple syrup, peach, pine, sandalwood, spearmint, sea breeze, vanilla bean, watermelon. Go to Hangover Candle Co. Uh, on Etsy, okay? Go to Etsy. Type in Hangover Candle Co. It'll pop up the shop and then pick your candles and then use the promo code ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. 25%. Hangover Candle Co. is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, But again, go to Etsy, type in Hangover Candle Co., find the candles and the smells you want, create your own, and then use ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. I love candles. They're great for any occasions, bar mitzvahs, circumcisions, uh, fucking weddings, funerals, gender reveal parties, uh, divorce parties, uh, coming out parties, coming in parties, coming parties. These candles are the shit, and they're my fave, and I want you guys to have them. So type in Etsy.com, and then type in Hangover Candle Co., and uh, and pick your candles and use ALN25 at checkout for 25% off. All right? Start smelling better. Start looking better. Start feeling better, okay? Because everybody farts. Candles are a great way to get rid of that. And now back to the episode. Uh, are we still going live on Instagram? We, we got any comments? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been posting a lot of Instagram stories in these characters, and uh, especially on the final day where bald, hair on the side, mm. stash, fat suit. And, and please, save your 
Oh, really? Couldn't tell there was a fat suit on. Fucking suck a dick. I've lost eight pounds. I'm feeling good. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's shit fluctuates. Um, but, uh, but, but it was crazy to get that done up and be that unrecognizable to comedians, to people on set. Um, and it was awesome. It, and again, I wanted to flex the character muscle, flex, flex the acting chops, and create, dude. I was talking about this with Mark before we got going on it. Used to do so many YouTube videos and sketches when I graduated from SC. We was in them. Yeah, dude, with 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 a theater degree, and you're trying to get on CSI, and they're like, "Oh, cool, you were in Vinegar Tom. Who gives a shit?" <laughs> and uh, you're like, "Yeah, it was a good play," <laughs> you know. And uh, and and you you know, doing videos was a way to stay active, and 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 then it became a thing of like getting some skill sets that I didn't have before: producing, writing collaborating getting finding people to shoot getting locations which all played a role in this because that's what i had to do again and uh and everybody helped you know on, on many levels but it was just so fun and i'm really pumped about the product but could not get into five hours of prosthetics and not take advantage mm -hmm. so on the final day uh which you guys probably saw these videos uh bald cap mustache sassy hair salon uh, hair salon owner uh, named Howie, Howie's Hair Place. Welcome to Howie's Hair Place. Um, <laughs> yeah. I decided to do stand-up that night, and we decided, who should I go as? And my my gal Carly Craig, who's also in it, Mad TV alum, goes, you look like Dr. Phil. And I was like, holy shit. I do the Dr. Phil voice on Adam Carolla show every time I go on, mm. or a handful of times. It's always well-received. I did it on a live Carolla show once, and Shuli Agar from Stern Show hit me up and had me do all these Dr. Phil things that they recorded, and Johnny Depp for Stern, where you where Stern, they pre-record them, and then they play the bites to have Stern interact with. Didn't ultimately end up happening, but whatever. So I'm like, oh, that's what I gotta do. Do Dr. Phil doing stand-up at the Laugh Factory. So we went there, and we taped it, and we have the footage, and I think we need to play some of it. Can you play Joel's intro up there, or did you get to a good place? Oh, you uh, went without any uh, further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Doctor Phil. Ladies and gentlemen, Doctor Fucking Phil. Doctor Phil, come on up. I can't believe. Nice to meet you. It's so great to meet you. Look at that butt fat Jeez, and the front butt. I cannot believe you're. You got cakes. Doctor Phil. No game plan, by the way. <laughs> the great Joel McHale, everybody. Keep it going for Joel McHale. That's a guy who is successful because he's failed. <laughs> you have to try. You have to get up. Okay, You get knocked down, right? You, you, get, you fall down, you get up again. Chumbawamba said that. <laughs> A lot of you are probably wondering, boy, this guy got fucking fat. Well, joke's on you. I was fat already. <laughs> A little too real. I've uh, only done stand-up about 15 times uh, in, my, in my life, but uh, a little bit of a hiatus right now from the show. Who watches the Dr. Phil program? Make some noise. 17 people. <laughs> well, that's goddamn depressing. Well, tonight is a special night for me uh, as, uh, as I have just decided to be gluten-free. <laughs> Again, searching. No game plan. Oh, no, for sure. It's not a joke, that's just a little personal fact. <laughs> but I'd love to uh, talk to the crowd, okay, and see, uh, see what's going on with you. You guys look like you all robbed a roller skating rink about six hours ago. Yeah, what's your name, sir? Let's get to know who you are, okay, and figure out maybe there's some changes you can make in yourself. <laughs> look at that fucking butt fat. A waddle. Yeah. What's your name, sir? Bobby. 
I didn't ask what you have in your car right now. I asked you what your name was. Oh, I thought I said bomb. Okay, uh, you guys couldn't hear what he said, huh? What's your name? Nick, Bob. can you see yeah, show? Oh, Bob, I thought you said bomb. <laughs> Robert, what do you do for work? Sales. Sales, yeah. And do you always bring this type of enthusiasm <laughs> when you go outside? Yeah, you're a big thumbs up guy, huh? Rob, what was the dream, okay, when you were a kid? Because right now I'm getting, a, I'm getting a shitty energy from you. It's probably because you're packaged in that corner like that last little Dorito that nobody wants. <laughs> Rob, who are these guys next to you? Customers. Customers. Oh, shit. And uh, when, you're not, when you're not standing in for the cast of Stranger Things, what do you do during the day for money? This kid looks. If you could stand up real quick just so that joke hits harder. <laughs> yeah. You show the group, yeah. He looked like he was fucking 13 yeah. years old. There's no way, okay? There's no way that you're old enough to be here right now. Will you scroll to the, you the pothead kid real quick? Yep. Um, can Instagram live here? I don't believe you. Probably not. Huh? <laughs> But that's okay. Lying is a uh, part of live. human nature, to, and it's how uh, we learn cut it here. about who we are. But, uh, what, what do you do for work? But well, what's your tune name? Tune in. This episode drops what's, February what 3rd, which is next Monday. Well, who right? are you? If you want the full video, <laughs> the audio, Raul and I do sales. next Monday, Raul, and you do sales. subscribe right and, and, now. And, and, we'll be and doing you're the, the first you, 10 Out of these three guys, you look like you do sales the most. And what's your name? So I'm queuing up the Australian kid now. Okay. For real, would you mind coming up on stage for me real quick, sir? All right, so this kid, I said he looks Something like Something he... about your energy gets me excited, okay? And I love talking to strangers. <laughs> it's part of my, you know, it's part of my, you know. I, who are, what's your name? I'm um, no. What the fuck did you just call me? Uh, no, Noel. Oh, Noel. Oh, and where's that accent from, Noel? Uh, Australia. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> And now, how long have you, uh, how long have you been smuggling koalas in that chest here? Uh, just since the wildfire started. Now, way to bring the energy down, Noel. <laughs> oh, you're a real fucking bright spark of humanity, aren't you? This guy couldn't wait fucking 25 seconds to bring up the fires. Yeah, no shit, motherfucker. We know that place is burning right now. <laughs> I've got the internet, Noel. I know. The kangaroos, okay, are, are getting turned into s'more sticks. Now, Noel, oh, don't act like you haven't thought it. Okay, and that was a great example of something I probably could have just, you know, said in my head and not let get to my mouth part and said it in front of you guys. That's on me, but this is, again, how we learn about who we are as people. You don't, you don't decide how humanity uh, uh, interprets your words. You have to say things for people to get an idea of, of who you are. No, what do you do for work? A and, and tell me something exciting about yourself in the same sentence. Oh, shit. Uh, when did you lose your virginity, Noel? And what song was it to? And did you put it on repeat? <laughs> have you played with yourself right. in the last six weeks? <laughs> well, there was a mattress commercial on in the back. <laughs> Just all over the place. We got to get that to Dr. Phil somehow. Well, Kirk Fox, shout out to Kirk Fox, the great comedian, brilliant writer. Oh, yeah. His best friends with him, plays tennis with him. So not only am I going to cut some clips, and by the way, 
my boy uh, Dave Cadiglia, who shot the whole um, pilot presentation, shot this also on the red camera. So it's going to look like a goddamn movie. So we have this and a close, I mean, a true um, amazing uh, way to, to, to view this. And yeah, I'll cut a clip, get it to Kirk, be like, can you pass this on to Doc? Because in a perfect world, I do what Kate McKinnon does and goes on Ellen mm. when, when Kate dresses up as Ellen and interviews her. But I think it'd be cool to pitch me going on as like, I don't know, uh, you know, do, instead do of like, Phil McGraw, yeah. like Bill McGraw, the, the, his that, brother. Yeah. He's like, you actually stole my persona, okay, uh, yeah. and the way I talk and my ideas, you know. But he's got like these profound, profound quotes that are like, when we talking about, like he just says a bunch of things like, yeah. you know, you have to persevere to win. You have to dedicate to the craft. You have to, you have to find the time to... Two in the pink, one in the stink. But I think that, you know, everything's got a rhyme and a reason. You know, it's just kind of yeah. all over the place. But anyway, it was fun. People bought into it. Comedy store the previous night. I was dressed up as an old woman psychic medium. Went on stage with Brad Watson. We did a whole lounge singer act. Sick. Got that full tape, too. Anyway, a lot of fun. Back to this real quick, Adam, yeah. before we move on. Who gave you your idea for wardrobe? Oh, well, the jean jacket I own, clearly. Okay. Uh, and the, the <laughs> shoes. Oh, the J's are mine. And then the uh, sweats we bought because those are like 2X. And then the T-shirt's 2X because it had to fit over the fat suit. Uh, but, you know, we actually had a green sweater at first. Got it. And then the jean jacket, uh, uh, it's it's kind of like got a little elastic thing, right? So uh, uh, so we were able to pull it around and button it up. And make it look tight. Which also is great because it makes him look like he's trying to be hip, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, and how is the collar popped the whole time? Because it's popped the whole day. How is it standing up like that? Like the Fonz? Is this, oh, it's up. Oh, I don't know. Which is good. That was perfect because it was not, I was like, oh, that's going to keep falling down. It never fell it down. It never did. Wow. That's yeah. an omen. Okay, cool. The collar, if the collar stays pop, the party stays pop. <laughs> what is, what, <laughs> there's got to be a saying there, right? <laughs> Yo, we're doing, a, we're, doing, we're doing a pop collar check-in. Yeah. Pop, <laughs> popping collars and bottles. <laughs> popping collars, if it's pop, it's going to be hot. Mike, popping collars and bottles. Can we get away with that? <laughs> we can do it. Let's do it. Take it over. <laughs> popping bottles. Popping bottles. Hey guys, it's Adam Ray taking a quick break from the podcast to tell you about BetterHelp. Now look, life is full of ups and downs. There's always something that can get in the way of our happiness and you need some way to talk to, right? I know for me, my own issues in life, uh, whether it's career oriented, family drama, having somebody to talk to helps. And I don't feel like burdening friends uh, or significant others with that info, okay? You need somebody with a neutral playing field and someone with a clean slate to come in and listen to what's going on with you. And that's what BetterHelp is for. I've used them. They're phenomenal. What they are, okay, is um, is a online counseling resource, okay? Video chatting, texting. <clears throat> it's basically connecting with a professional counselor. Um, again, somebody that uh, is unbiased and coming in uh, that is a, uh, a professional to help guide you with whatever's going on in your life. Uh, privately online, okay? So it's convenient. You can do it at your own schedule, all right? At your, out of your own home, which is great. A lot of these places, you know, you need to go somewhere. It, it takes time out of your day. Maybe it's too far away to go to where you really want to get to. This is out of the comfort of your own home. Uh, you can schedule a video or phone session plus chat and text with your therapist uh, who are all licensed and specialized in things like depression, stress, uh, anger, uh, LGBT matters, grief, relationships, sleeping, trauma, uh, anxiety, uh, family conflicts. I know I've dealt with a lot of that in the last few years. Anything you share with them is confidential. Uh, it truly is uh a pretty phenomenal uh, resource that they've created. And these counselors, um, there's over 3,000 uh, U.S. licensed therapists uh, across all 50 states. 
and uh, four communication modes, again, text, chat, phone, and video. <clears throat> and if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, um, request a new one, no additional charge, because it's all about finding somebody that relates to you, that you feel comfortable with, uh, sharing the info that uh, you'd like to get some help on. Uh, it's available on desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. Schedule your video and phone sessions, generally a week out, um, which is, you know, great. I think that's enough time for everybody to get their shit in order. Uh, and there's a broad expertise in the network, which um, may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify, which is huge. Uh, again, it's secure, convenient, professional, and, um, and affordable, uh, which is kind of the biggest thing. A lot of people can't scrounge together the, uh, the, the coin to, to get, even get this type of help, but it's super affordable. And best of all, Right now, ALN listeners, that's right, you guys, if you need help, you need somebody to talk to in any of those areas I mentioned, depressed, stress, sleeping, trauma, family, uh, anxiety, um, go to betterhelp.com slash about last night uh, and simply fill out a question there and uh, you can get 10% off uh, your, uh, your order. That's, that's huge. Betterhelp.com slash about last night. <clears throat> fill out the questionnaire that helps them assess what kind of help you need and what kind of counselor you're going to love and uh, and start getting the help that uh, that we all deserve. That's betterhelp.com slash about last night to get 10% off your first order um, and start connecting and living better, you know, because that's what it's all about. All right. Back to the episode. Now, earlier, speaking of rap, Mike, uh, I, we were talking about Dave Grohl, uh, who Dave, if you're watching, I got your number. I've texted you once. You didn't get back. It's all good. You're a busy guy. <laughs> but I kicked it with you on, in Australia. Uh, and then again in Denver, Foo Fighters, one of my favorite bands of all time, as Foo people Fighters. know. I come up on stage to learn and to fly. Uh, I've sung hero, karaoke a lot. Dave is unreal, a true rock star. Told me some Nirvana stories in Australia that I will never forget. One, I'll just give you a little fucking yeah. tidbit of the story. Please. Um, they were playing a show, and uh, somebody threw a shoe. Um, uh, up on stage at Kurt Cobain. Stops mid-song, takes the shoe. Um, I can't remember if he said he defecated in it or he peed in it. Regardless, fucking did that, put it down. Later on during the concert, some small little girl walks up and was like, can I have my shoe back? And he's like, what? And he's like, it fell off and somebody threw it at you. <laughs> Jesus. So it was a sign of disrespect. Someone throwing a shoe. For sure. But okay. he, but yeah, so Kurt Cobain was just like, the fucking, what are you throwing a shoe? You know, those concerts, chaotic. And yeah, they're just the fucking, the vibe and the energy was, you know, just raw. And so he thought somebody was throwing a shoe at him. So he fucking took matters the, into his own hands. Because in the dance world, you know, people throw your shoes at you. That means you you killed it. You're a good dancer. So oh, I'm, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In dance world, when like when Michael Jackson, everybody would perform and do a, a dance. Chris Brown, people throw their shoes at him. Like, oh, you just killed it. You can have my shoes, and that's a sign of respect. That's why I was asking: was it disrespect or oh, or kind of like a pay homage? Like we go to we come on. Now is it homage or homage? I've always <laughs> <laughs> because I we went to public schools. How is it spelled? <laughs> Mike, I went to public school too, uh, and I you pay homage. I, I've said homage too, but I think I. More, if you were to see, if you were to break down on, the, on a chart, mm -hmm. how many times in my life have I said homage versus homage? I think it's 70-30 or 65-35. You said homage before, Mark? I say homage. I think I say homage. I Nate? Say, it's a race thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know if we were going there, but yeah. <laughs> Wait. Oh, homage. Homage. Dr. Dre says homage with an H. Does he really? I say homage. Homage. Damn. How do you say graham cracker? I don't know. I'm not doing that. You ain't gonna get me canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. I don't like what you're doing. 
Give me that cinnamon stick. <laughs> That's a hilarious exchange. How do you say graham cracker? You ain't going to get me canceled. You ain't going to get me canceled. I just got here. Um, well, I think it's uh, it, probably a, a sign, of, you know, in the grunge world, probably disrespect. Disrespect. You know? Because um, they're not know. dancing up there, they're uh, they're getting down, you know. Right, right, right. But but you did say when I said Dave Grohl earlier, you said is that the guy from the Goo Goo Dolls, and that to me was very interesting because, you know, I you know the groups Mentos. He did the Mentos commercial. Who did Dave Grohl? Yeah, in that living on a prayer. Oh yeah, that's learning the, to fly. I, I didn't know the title. Right. Yeah, that song's in the Mentos commercial. Wow. Okay. Cool. So that. And that's that's probably a common thing where people associate bands they don't know. They go, oh yeah, that song is from there. Yeah, yeah, the guy yeah, with yeah. the Mentos. Um, but is I'm trying to think of like the rap equivalent that I do that with, like the way that you just go like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, Coldplay. Yeah. Do you know the lead singer of Coldplay? Coldplay. Um, can I use a lifeline? <laughs> <laughs> is that a? I thought you were gonna say life alert for a minute. Can I use a life alert? <laughs> I've fallen. <laughs> Remember, dude. How do you think that actress is still alive? I don't know, but that, she's probably alive. still getting checks. She's probably still getting residuals. I think it was probably like a, a buyout. They were like, oh, no, eight, seven fifty one <laughs> day, <laughs> probably not even. It was a half a day's work. I thought she died in a commercial. She's up there with, <laughs> damn, where's the beef? Did she fall in the, <laughs> the bathtub or, or on the floor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or both. <laughs> it was on the floor. I think she fell on the it floor. The she floor. saw how much the check was. She got back in the tub. She got back in the tub. <laughs> Throw the toaster in here. By the way, there's actors like that. They need to do a where are they now? Like the where are they now life alert lady? Absolutely. absolutely. What if she Where's turned out to be like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, fucking. Um, well, she's definitely in the hospital at minimum. Yeah, well, she was in her 60s or 70s when Damn. that commercial came out. And that commercial came out. Nate, can you give a quick. Google, Google to the Life Alert. That's probably early 90s. First time it aired. I'm going to go ahead and say. Early 90s? I'm going to say 88. 87, 88. And probably went to at least 91. I'm saying. Three year run. I'm saying 96. Wow. Because that wasn't that when we were. Dream Team 2. 1990. 1990. We was there. Yeah. Fuck. Dream Team 1. I said 91. No, 96 was Dream Team 2. Is it? Yeah. No. Yeah. 96 was Dream yeah. Team 2, yeah. Because I remember that was Kemp and Peyton were on it, which was insane. Speaking of which, we lost one of them. We lost someone this week. Can you name all the? We lost someone this week. Can you name all the members of Amigos? Okay, that's how I felt. Yes, said Coldplay, Quavo. All right, because I fucking I got a quick Quavo story. Okay, and then we'll get into uh, some 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 other stuff. Quavo, I didn't I knew him from the Mountain Dew commercial. Okay, and then he was on my team, and so it's the same way you were like <laughs> Dave Grohl, the Mentos guy. I'm like Quavo, the Mountain Dew guy. There you go. You got to cross over to do something else for me to yeah. know who you is. Yeah. You know? Do you I, think they pitched him that way too? Like, look, at, we got to get you in front of some white people. <laughs> we're doing a Mountain Dew commercial. What's the whitest, most energetic <laughs> beverage that white dudes you love? Do Red Bull? No, Mountain no. Dew. Mountain Dew is that one. Mountain Dew is the one where guys just go, "Fucking dude, it's like I'm doing coke." It's like, yeah. dude, if you, pa- dude, somewhere in the Midwest is a guy named Trevor pounding a Mountain Dew Code Red, fucking <laughs> knocking over a game of chess and butt-fucking somebody in a garage. Absolutely. Um, I think Going live on Instagram. Watch with it. consent, by the way. But I think there's uh, I think there's something about Quavo that is so interesting. Mm-hmm. So much so that when he was on my team in the NBA Celebrity All-Star game last year, I was like, oh shit, I know this guy also is a big NBA guy. I knew that. And I looked him up and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And he goes, now it makes sense. Got a little backstory. He comes in late. We're all suiting up, getting ready to walk out. He comes in, tons of jewels, entourage. Trip, trip, trip. Cool, very cool, very cool. Brad, I have a picture of Brad walking Amelia up to him and being like, hey, I can hold those for you. He takes his fucking, who knows, probably $500,000 necklace up. And I have a, a picture of him putting it around Brad's neck. <laughs> Did it go to Brad's feet? 
hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> Brad yeah. jumped rope with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so then we get on the court and I don't really say he kind of immediately turned around, started doing his thing. Ray Allen came up, mm. guys that he knows, he starts chumming it up with. I'm like, I'm gonna you know, buy my time to get a little one-on-one with Quavo. Absolutely. Now we get on the court. We're warming up. I'm talking with Mark Lazary, the uh, Bucks owner. We're shooting. He's a member of the tribe. We're talking fucking Jew stuff. <laughs> and then I just, I hit three threes in the row from the corner. Hit it, and, and he goes, he goes, he goes, oh, okay. He goes, look at you. Look at you, Bone. I'm like, hey, man, they fucking, they didn't bring me to be funny here. They brought me to fucking dominate. <laughs> and then he goes, uh, I go, Mark, I go, how about if I hit three more? You give me a 10-day contract. He goes, done. Missed the first one. <laughs> of course, all that pressure on you. Should have hit the next three and be like, "What's up with that?" Contract? Because I had rhythm. Because then I, as soon as I said that, he's then I heating took up. Dribbles, and I was like, yeah. you know, terrible uh, shot. But Quavo. Then I go up to him one point, and I go, I "Go, Quavo." I go, I, "We didn't meet back. Uh, things were a little. Uh, There's a lot going on in the uh, in the locker room, man. But uh, fucking, we're on the same team. Let's fucking do it." Put my hand out. He goes, "What up?" I go, let's let's do it. Held it out for a minute. Said, "Let's do it." Doubled down on, "Let's do it." Was like, "Let's do it, man." <laughs> and he just turned and started dribbling towards the hole. And uh, continued his warm-up. And that was my exchange with Quavo. Okay. Cut to the game. Quavo will not come out. Uh, Sue Bird, our coach. Shout out to Sue Bird, former guest of the podcast, and just the greatest. Uh, she's coaching. She's trying to figure out, God, when do I put in who? It's a tricky thing to kind of maneuver through. And I'm sitting on the bench, and uh, and she was going to put me in at one point to, to close out the game. And then I go, I go, Sue, I go, how much will you give me just to go and check in for Quavo right now? And she goes, I mean nothing, but I would love to see that. And then she goes, I would also highly advise you not to do it. She goes, because he will not come out, and then you look like a complete douchebag in front of millions of people watching this game. Can you imagine? I almost did it anyway. I almost stood up because I was like, because then part of me was like, oh, maybe I'm not going back in, so maybe this would be a fun. And then, you know, me, then I was like, oh, I haven't really done anything funny. Brad and I tried a little between the legs move. They... They put the kibosh on the uh, piggyback thing that we were gonna. <laughs> I bought. I bought a thing called. We've talked about this. The piggyback where Brad was gonna get on my shoulders and we were gonna go out and play defense. <clears throat> they said no to that, so I was like, "What if I went to the sideline? I go, Quavo. I walk in, and then he just does shakes me off or walks away, and then I just chase him around on the court and go, "Get the fuck out, dude. I'm coming in. Get out. Get out, dude. Sue. And then I look over Sue. Sue, didn't you not say I could come in? You know, and make it a whole thing. But then, you know. He's Quavo. Yeah. I'm not in any fucking soda commercials. So he's yeah. going to, yeah. you know, he's going to win that round. But right now, that'd be a, this'd be a podcast in remembrance of Adam Ray. And it'd be Mike and I talking about great stories about you. <laughs> like Adam was on that. He played that rock and jock ball. Yeah. Game. <laughs> rock and jock. Um, well, the NBA is, uh, man, mourning a big loss. Oh, uh, I don't really know what to say about this because I've now given myself a chance to absorb a lot of interviews, stories, reflect on it on my own. I hadn't really cried yet until uh, last night when I was um, watching uh, uh, the Lakers access and they were, you know, hearing guys talk about them. But then they started really going into the other families. And that's, look, Kobe, you know, 41 is so young and the guy was has affected so many people. That's what's crazy. You think about the amount, the there's probably a very short list of people like Kobe mm -hmm. that truly globally, like when I saw, I think Alicia Keys on the Grammys go, people affected in LA, she goes in the country and then she goes around the world. Athletes are, and musicians and, and maybe throw actors in there, mm -hmm. Tom Cruise, like, you know, people- Jack Nicholson. Totally, that, uh, that just globally can reach 
because of what, the, but sports are real special with that dude. And Kobe, and once the NBA did become global and Kobe, you know, the closest thing we have to MJ um, or saw and somebody that, that like when MJ was as big as you could get and was, you know, on billboards in China, everywhere, you know, and, and you saw in that dream team documentary, Jordan's walking around, can't go anywhere. So Kobe, I think achieved that status. So it, you know, and also the tragic nature of it is just insane. And, and the more info I get about the copter and the visibility and the lack thereof and how they shouldn't have been up there. And the cops were grounding. They, no official, you know, uh, copters said they wouldn't have flown because of the, you know, the subs, the, how, how, uh, you couldn't see in the clouds and how terrible it was. So the fact they went up there, Kobe flexing the, the Kobe card and then they got this special clearance and, but you know, and I was just talking to Julia White and I was telling you guys, he was, you know, it's disgusting how like this, the pilot with even 20 years of experience, dude, Hey man, anyone can make a mistake. You got Kobe in your ear. <clears throat> they clearly didn't ground it to take a safer route. And, uh, and he was Island for a minute and then to dive at like 170 miles an hour, which is not a normal copter speed. It just, there's a lot still to unpack with this. And I, there's no black box or recorder, unfortunately in there. And they didn't even have this special tracking device that you're supposed to have in there. It, it but again, he's been <clears throat> doing it for 20 years or 10 plus years. And it's such a normal thing probably, but I just, I'm going to always wonder. And this is why I keep going back to is like, why, like with all those other lives at stake and his daughter, like, and when you see being, when you, if you're in a helicopter and you can't see shit, I get nervous when I'm on a plane sometimes and it's real cloudy and I can't see anything. I'm like, how the fuck, what are they doing right now? They're trusting the instruments. And this guy was just making a lot of weird turns. And the only good thing that's come from it is like, I've been really inspired by how like detail oriented he was and how hard he worked. And I go, Oh, I have to work harder. Do you know what I'm saying? He, I know. Yeah. Totally. It's, he just, uh, those so, are the stories that I enjoy to yeah. hear from former players where they're like him being in the gym for this mm -hmm. and, and saying he's going to work harder. And he's, and even the way he came back from his, uh, you know, from his, um, he just outworked everybody. And he, he, you think people injury. are, born with just like natural talent. You go, oh, this guy was six foot, you know, seven. And he was like athletic and, you know, he's he was destined to, to play this sport. But they go, oh no, this guy worked Look, and worked. He had yeah. God-given talents yep. and was uh, great. Mark, um, now that we're here, uh, mm -hmm. can I talk to you for a second yeah. about the way that you're <laughs> conducting yourself on this podcast? It's Mike's first time. You've been on a handful of times and your mic distribution is poor. I didn't go to college for this. There's not a mic distribution 101. Nate, can we look that up? <laughs> I'm sure there's a fact check on that. Mike, what did you think when you heard the news? I mean, it was crazy because it was Sunday and, um, you know, me working for TMZ, that was the night of the Grammys. So I'm on my way to Microsoft Theater to do the Grammy thing. And um, it's funny, Mark just called me because everybody just called me just to <clears> confirm, <throat> like, is this really true? Is this really true? Because, you know, working with the uh, company. And um, I was like, yeah, it is. It's true. It's definitely true. And then it just dawned on me. I'm like, I'm right walking distance from Staples Center. So I'm like, let me go ahead and pay homage. And then I'm gonna walk over to uh walk over to Staples Center. And at the time it was just like twenty people whose guy would have, you know, people upset, you know. And then by the time I left it was like a thousand people. Like within like hour within like two hours, it was already a thousand people there just in front of the Staples Center. And it was just <clears throat> chilling. Like those are like those are my really hard days of work. Like when someone that everybody loved and then they pass or they die or whatever situation goes on and there's no celebrities to interview but so i'm just i'm going to reporter mode you know i'm almost like i bury my feelings on how it feels and i go I capture the moment that everyone's mourning 
and sad. So I got to take pictures and video of captioning people just bawling their eyes out, people just mad, upset, and just capturing that moment and just seeing just more people come and more people come. I'm like, bro, people really love this dude. They really, really love him. So, yeah, it was like one of the moments like when you hear one of your celebrities die or some of your, your heroes die. Like, where yeah. were you when JFK? Where were you when Tupac? Totally. Where were you when <clears throat> Prince? Where were you when any yeah. of these people passed? Where were you when Michael passed? Where were you? Whatever, whatever. So, just to be in that moment and being in news because you got to put... You got to put your personal feelings aside and then you just got to like document the moment. And I'm like, this is really, really tough. So there's also only a handful of people again like this that at least for me that I've seen his whole career. Like and I think that's a lot of us probably where you go. I remember when he got drafted. I remember when he won the dunk contest his rookie year. I remember when he wasn't playing, but everyone kept talking about how good he was. I remember how big of a deal it was that he got traded from Charlotte to L.A. Yeah, I remember. And then him and Shaq becoming this crazy thing and then uh and then him just becoming this like also sports need those guys that you know transcend the game and become the next guy and and to be as good and look we hadn't seen it since jordan you know and now we've got it with lebron and look d wade mellow in his prime a lot of amazing players but again kobe and this is why they all speak to it about his work ethic you know baseball i think is still you know lacking from that like just a guy that is like I guess Mike Trout was probably that guy, but a guy truly where you're like, we haven't seen this type of all-round yeah, yeah, yeah. talent because, you know, uh, um, whatever. Baseball's got its own problems, you know. They were saying to Lower the prices and fucking get rid of peanuts. It's an, old, <laughs> it's an old-time snack. Let's move on. I know the song, get me some peanuts. And, no, get me some Kobe beef sliders and jujubes. Like, let's mix up the fucking <laughs> snacks in the song yeah. just to put that in our heads. Uh, I do think that... Uh, that it's going to be really tough for the uh, his, like, somebody said this about uh, on a Seattle sports radio station. Uh, I think it was my boy Bob Stelton who said his toddler, I think uh, 10-month-old or whatever, mm-hmm. and then three-year-old, never going to know their dad. Mm. Yeah. That's fucking, like, devastating. Right. And, uh, again, it's just not fair. It's no... Too young, he was doing so much good stuff for people and so much extra stuff, and he got to a place it seemed like where he was like just really trying to do a lot of good for a lot of people. And even this kid I saw who posted a selfie with him the day before, hmm. um, and they say it was probably the last picture they have with Kobe, where he said, uh, "Oh yeah, the kid's just annoying him, goes, annoying him." But then he said, <laughs> "He said that the kid, I know, yeah. but then the he's, the kid said that Kobe said we'll get a better picture tomorrow because he was going to be back there, and he was mad because wow. the daughter's the daughter's team lost." Or something like that. Yes. He lost the game. He's like, I'm going to take a selfie. My, my kid's team lost. Respect that, dude. I fucking, you, you got to be a, a person too. But, but this is where we, uh, do you think, real quick? Yeah. Do you think, um, because the, the topic right now is the, uh, like you said, real quick, but did you mean right quick? <laughs> or do you mean next quick? I mean, I mean, well, before we get into that, the conversation right now, put your chocolate milk tans on hold. The, the conversation is right now, like, there was a petition. For the NBA to change the logo, a thousand percent into that. They gotta do that. They I gotta. Mean, they should. It. it looks awesome too. It looks dope. Yeah. The, the jumper. Yeah. Jerry West and look, Jerry West. Fucking, f- that is a perfect story. Jerry if West, Jerry West was, puts yeah. the kibosh. I don't think he will. I bet he'll champion for it. He doesn't seem like that type of old school guy. That's like it's me. Yeah. <laughs> this is. My- 
Fuck you. And my oh, I traded for him. Doesn't mean I fucking want to marry him. Like, you're like, all right, dude. Yeah. He was the one most upset by it, too. He was the one that was crying the most on, on TV. Yeah, totally. Because he was a close father figure type to him. Yeah, man. And also, I mean, yeah, Shaq, too. Like, these guys were like, they get real close with the kids, too. And, 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 here, Matt Barnes had some really, uh, he posted a video today on Instagram about uh, Kobe for his son's birthdays doing a private workout with him. They're young ballers. Yeah. And he brought them uh, down to uh, Kobe's gym, I think in OC and surprised him and did a fucking private workout for him. Nice. The guy's wow. so busy, dude. He doesn't like, again, and this is why he was doing the copter life. He was trying to get his shit in mm. and maximize family time. I saw him in an I interview know. he did with Barstool when, with A-Rod, I think, where he was like, He's like, it allows me to wake up, uh, take the girls, um, yeah. or take the chopper to the, uh, do, do my early morning workout, then go into LA, do all of my extra shit, lift, shoot, all my stuff, and copter back uh, in 15 minutes and be able to pick up my girls from school, get in the carpool line. He's like, so then I was able, flawlessly, man. And look, but probably always with, I mean, LA on most days, clear skies. Mm -hmm. I know. No problems. So And he I, chops everywhere. That was something he always yeah. did. Kawhi's now doing that. It, yeah, Wait, is that a verb that we're using? He chops everywhere? Are you breaking that as a new verb? He chops everywhere. You know, you know he choppers. He, he I knew what chopper. he meant. You know, he meant. You know what he meant. Because I just said helicopter, I knew what he meant. <laughs> Thank you. Now, there have been some people that are chiming in on all this. And this is a, something we, I don't want to spend too much time on because I want to introduce our first segment um, before we get out of here. I think we got about, what, 15 minutes left already? Maybe 20? Yeah, I'd say 15 to 20. Cool? That's Kalen on the ones and twos back there. With, with, with two earrings, by the way, and a killer beard. You look like fucking Lionel Richie's keyboard player, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. It's a compliment. He's my karaoke go-to and one of my fucking idols. We got yeah. to put a picture of him up on that thing. We Lionel Richie on the mirror? No. The, uh, with, 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 of Kalen. Yeah, we'll put a picture of Kalen up. <laughs> uh, Lionel Richie, by the way, I also want to get a soundbite. I wish we had more fucking sound effects on the show. Maybe we will. Uh, Lionel Richie, where he fell over in his chair on American Idol. Still one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Lionel Richie... I don't watch America Idol anymore. Uh, the auditions still, are, I think, are a staple of American culture. You should watch them because it's you get to see the best and the worst of who we are as people. But Lionel Richie could not fake his enthusiasm and also his fucking just lack of balance. Gravity. Gravity <laughs> took over. Gravity was like, guess you know, what? Hello. <laughs> and uh, Lionel uh, falls out of his chair, I think, post audition and goes, oh, he made some real weird skibbity bop thing as he fell out of his chair oh no oh no was in there it was like a backwards kool-aid curse kool-aid curse and uh he said oh no instead of oh yeah yeah went down and then they fucking Katy perry helped him up and oh, uh man, and he was like i'm fine i'm fine and that's the soundbite that i want he, i want the he fall bought a new hip and the uh i'm fine i'm fine um but he's i fucking i love him i want to see him in concert um there have been people that have been chiming in on on all this that Look, real quick, mm. is there a time when- You can say real quick. <laughs> Mike, shut the fuck up for a second. <laughs> is there a time when something's off limits or not funny? Is there a time when we we should be able to step back and go too soon? Because uh, our fellow comedian Ari Shafir, uh, all over the news right now, TMZ Today, uh, Obviously, uh, we're recording this a, a, a few days early than uh, when uh, the app's dropping. Um, got in a lot of trouble because he posted a video the day that Kobe died celebrating it and and being excited. <clears throat> and it, I just, I, I couldn't fucking believe it. <clears throat> Look, Ari and I are not great friends. 
we're um, uh, what is comrades? Not even the associates. Word. Associates, man. Work at clubs. Had them on the podcast when when uh, when Brad and I got it going probably five years ago. It was a fun episode. Always had seen him and said what up and been very just like what up man and never and and thought he was uh, funny on stage. Sometimes I think saying things that I didn't agree with, but that's comedy. It's subjective. Mm-hmm. Did a few things. He got in trouble with um, a gal uh, in his special with the girl with the one arm that he poked fun of and said her name, which I didn't think. Again, I didn't agree with that move. But again, like, I didn't fucking do a whole thing about it. I just, this is, what, again, what people forget. Even if you see something on Facebook or you don't like somebody's joke, you don't have to comment on everything. You can just think and have your opinion and keep it to yourself. Again, we're too active with like, I got to do this. I got to have my voice. I got to chime in. And this was a great example of that. Like, you're entitled if you think that strongly about Kobe and the sexual abuse case. I think this is what that stemmed from, right? That he thinks Kobe's a monster and got his, that this was like what he got coming, I think is what he said in the video. We'll play it. And it's just like, why? There's, it's so much more than that, dude. Yeah, man, like that was a shitty thing for a lot of people. The girl involved with that, Kobe, his family, people that looked at him, kids. But at some point you have to go, we all deserve a second chance especially unless you fucking kill somebody then i think that is to me like oj being on twitter and be like hey fucking chipotle's got a new sauce like what like (laughs) he shouldn't be allowed to do that he should be forced ari should be forced to play in the celebrity all-star game that's his punishment (laughs) and people can do anything they want to him yeah also by the way i uh i do follow oj on twitter no, I don't. Uh, but I have seen his his selfie videos, and they are entertaining. But uh, that's besides the point. I think uh, what Ari did was, it says Ari's tasteless joke. Tasteless, tasteless is not even the word I would come close to using. Despicable. There you go. Fucking uh, disgusting. And uh, man, dude, I just, with kids involved and these families, like, it's all packaged together, man. I know you're soloing out Kobe on this, but I just don't agree with your choice on this. And I was debating whether or not to even speak to it uh, because I'm like, you know, I just don't. uh, Again, like the amount of times I've wanted to comment on things on Facebook or even talking shit with a friend over sports. I just like I I type it out and I'm like, what are you doing? You're instigating and you're also start you're lighting a fire that doesn't need to be lit. And this was just so wrong and not needed. At some point, do you where do we go as comedians? We like he's entitled again to think it have your opinion but why did you have to fucking put it out there and now i think you fucking that's the bed you made now you got to sleep in it and his agency dropped him tmz's all over the place hey man he lost all his road dates all of them huh yeah totally yeah I think, and you know what yeah. dude and then and then i think i didn't know what happened somebody said he said he got hacked no i don't he believe joking. it he was just being sarcastic he was joking okay uh okay so so that was out but then then he made an apology where he said this is what i do i post um uh he didn't even apologize. He just made just a statement. Like, that was kind of like, but he never actually said sorry. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. He didn't. No, I don't think so. I think Callan on the fighter and the kid nailed it. He goes, it goes against common decency. I thought that was a good sentence, a good way to kind of wrap it up with him. Can you play the, uh, yeah. the video? I know there's always a lot of, like, hate, pain in the world. And there's always a bunch of terrible stories. And every once in a while, there's a good story. Good story comes out. The guy who got away with rape got his today. Go 
Kobe Bryant is a god. I'm here in Charlotte, the home of the team that originally drafted him. Uh, maybe he wouldn't have raped that chicken Denver if he had been if he had stayed in Charlotte with the Hornets. And you know my job, go out and get sound bites. <coughs> that Monday I saw that was you. No, 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 no. That was him. <laughs> I didn't do that video, but uh, I just, I'm out LAX doing my job, and I uh, got Sinbad, legend comedian, and uh, asked him about Ari and Ari and Sinbad just said, "Oh, uh, I was like, what do you think?" He was like, "Someone should fuck him up." Sinbad, Sinbad, <laughs> the guy that doesn't even curse for he, real. Yeah, you know, he you, said you should fuck him I up. Love Sinbad. He said someone should fuck him up. Go say that shit in Staples Center. Go say that shit in the Black Club. Someone's gonna fuck him up. He's got a good point, man. You like know, and, and again, Ari said in this post, he was like, this is the type of shit I do. I shit on our gods. I think he said I shit on the yeah. it's part of it's people that I do it for my fans or I do it for the right. Yeah. Can we do? I don't know if there's his post, whatever. It's not worth it. But he was trying to justify it. It's like, dude, again, I'm going back to like, aren't there some things that you just don't have to joke on, dude? I even see sometimes some of the, these guys that are really great at the roast jokes and they're really good at um, at that. It's like, I got into a conversation with a comedian once about this where he was like, he said, nothing's off limits. And I go, so if I died tomorrow, you'd make a joke about it? And he's like, yeah, if there was something funny to say. And, it, and I go, oh, man, you and I are different now. Yeah, facts. We're I swear to God, dude. The line I'm not going to say his drawn. name, but I go, wow. I go, oh, man, it was so real. And then I just, I, I pocketed that information away and then went about, because we were in the car hanging, so it was like, and I didn't want to completely just say drop me off, you know, right. yeah, which you go, seemed a little drastic. But put down the file of why I don't fuck with you. <laughs> totally, dude. And it's and I haven't really as much. It's now it's just like when you when I see him, it's just like man, we you know do our pleasantries. But <laughs> insane, man. I uh... <laughs> pleasantries. Are you another pleasantries. woman now? <laughs> Please change pleasantries. But hey, we <laughs> hey, like I like some of those southern terms. My mom is a, a Jew from Oklahoma who who invented the term yikeroonies, which 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 uh, which means basically fuck. I dropped the pasta salad, um, or god damn it, yikeroonies is a like oh boy, like like the way Tom Hanks again responded to Ricky Gervais's monologue, like mm -hmm. Ew, like that's a yikeroonies moment. Yeah, yikeroonies. Yeah. By like, the way, we should come up with yikeroonies moments on this yeah. and have a picture of my mom and a whole graphic. We're definitely coming at you on next episode with the yikeroonies moment. Maybe we call my mom and have her go, Maybe. what was it, Yikeroonies moment of the week? Or do we find it online? Definitely a segment. Whatever. That's a segment for a later time. Right now we have a segment that will be on every episode of the About Last Night podcast in 2020 and 21 and 22 and however long we do this for. It's a segment that we like to uh, uh, call, wait, uh, what, uh, huh? So in this segment, basically, this is what we uh, mentioned earlier in the pod, where we have done a deep dive into stories across the globe that uh, that make us chuckle that you might not have heard of and probably definitely do not uh, have any information on. So we're going to bring uh, this to you and uh, and discuss it. Uh, our first story is uh, the look, the title, everything about it. I love there's a joke in it. It's informative and it's uh, it talks about somebody's uh, special day getting ruined but also not you know what i'm saying because like the wedding dress i know is a big part of the the wedding but um look man life is all about adjusting this uh from the mirror news <clears throat> in um i don't know what country this is it seems like a an american event planner experienced a horror bride ruining her wedding dress just moments before the first dance was supposed to start sweet god so the wedding happened all right well then <laughs> you're fine now i have even less 
uh, less uh, empathy for you. This is the first wedding where the was a, the the groom filed for divorce during the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Annulment. So let's read. <laughs> let's read the title. Bride ruins twelve thousand dollar dress on wedding day Ooh. when she gambled on fart and lost in big way. <laughs> Dude, I want the phone number of the guy who wrote that headline for this story yeah. so we can call him or buy him a steak dinner. Yeah. Gambled on a fart is such a funny <laughs> phrase because we've all done it. I've never thought of it in that way, but that's what you're doing. You're rolling the dice and hoping Just that can't. when you let a little gas come out, that the fucking rest of the train passengers don't come with it. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, we got the name of the girl right here. Let's email her this. Let's email her this week and see. What, it says Paige Holland, showbiz audience writer. We'll get a hold of her. Paige, you did your Paige thing. <laughs> All right, scroll down for me. Let's read some contents of this. A wedding planner was left spon sponging? Sponging down. <laughs> sponging? Wait a second. I thought Ew. sponging. <laughs> I thought sponging was yeah. S-P-O-N-G-E. Yeah. Or yeah, Adam Rape gambles on short O sound and loses in big way. <laughs> sponging down a sobbing naked bride. Uh, I'm, you know, guess what? Homage, homage. Mike, do you say sponge or sponge? Uh, <laughs> I don't use that word. Don't answer that. Uh, after a last minute plan to fix some last minute, um, uh, last minute, uh, plan to fix some last minute belly bloating went catastrophically wrong. <laughs> what should have been the happiest day of her life was completely ruined and she spent the day knocking back detox shakes resulting in disaster when she gambled on a fart and lost in a big way wow well i guess that's the way the cookie crumbles but she already got (laughs) married so they got you you had that moment i think anything by the way what better metaphor for your marriage and it would have been great though if it happened pre-marriage because then now the um uh minister or whoever's ordained whoever's gets the job of marrying them now he's got a big uh uh, question to ask himself if that fucking fart gamble happened does he believe to, you got to, anymore well that's <laughs> fucking very funny but also does he make a joke about it during the wedding being like marriage is all about compromise and believing and trusting each other like the way you trusted your butt to not fucking bail on you on the biggest day of your life can you imagine when they got home when she said to the groom she's like you couldn't have shit your pants for me and puked like oh, yeah. <laughs> And she got to keep that dress. Uh, hilarious. Well, that's a great way to start this. What else do we got, Mark? What else happened in the past week? Well, this is my favorite project that someone did. This guy put, this guy put complete Kobe Bryant energy into this. Vermont <laughs> man takes revenge on town board with a 700-pound statue of a middle finger. <laughs> we wanted to show our appreciation, he explained. For what? <laughs> the town? Scroll down. Let's read the contents. A Vermont man was so incensed by his town's zoning regulations that he erected a 700-pound statue giving officials the middle finger, and it lit up with floodlights. That's the best part, so that they would always be reminded of his feelings toward them. He just gave a 700-pound fuck you. Ted Pelkey, by the way, you could not have a name that sounds more like the guy who did this. Ted Pelkey. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Pelkey, scroll down, Mark. De- Decade-long feud with local, dude. Ten years of just blood bubbling before he's like, "Fuck you." You know what? Fuck you. And another thing, I'm building the giant. Fuck you. Go, what does that even mean? He goes, "You'll see." Yeah. <laughs> you know, his friend was like, "Let's do a 500 pound." He goes, "700 pounds." 700. God damn it, Pelkey, you're a <laughs> fucking genius. <laughs> also, why is this within the zoning regulations? I know. Like, what? What was he trying to do? Where this thing works? They'll take it down. 
<laughs> his feelings towards this, towards uh, towards the town. I wonder what he's been wronged on. Uh, I'm sorry, spong, uh, sponged on uh, that. Um, Pelkey said officials won't let him build the garage simply because they don't like him. Oh, so he thinks this is a personal vendetta. He wants a garage. Wait, scroll back up again, Mark. He wants it. Oh, he wants his. Uh, okay, statue on the. He wanted a oh, cleaning and truck repair business from a nearby town to his own property was denied. Well, hey, man, what happened to moving? Yeah. What happened to just packing up and going to another town? Right. And not wasting. Also, dude, you know that this is going to fucking prolong the business getting a kickstart. I don't, unless you had a middle finger guy somewhere that saved you on costs, or did you just dump a bunch of your own hard-earned money into a statue that's definitely getting taken it's down? A gang of light bulbs, right? <clears throat> like, What's that? Gang of light bulbs, right? Or it's just one light bulb? I don't know. It sounded like it was a pretty heavy light system. You think that's just one bulb in there, Mike? I, I don't think it's just one. <clears throat> I mean, definitely a problem for UE, like yeah. if it goes out, like my middle finger's out. I do love this, though. This is, look, and again, this is why we all have a voice, and if you don't like something, do something about it. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, I would. It, this it, is not what Thomas Edison pictured when he fell through the light bulb. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> they missed the mark, right? That's yeah. definitely some shit Eminem would have been. He was like, I'm going to get two middle fingers. <laughs> Casey, take the other one down. <laughs> right. It takes. A, I got another one for you. By the way, who's Mike? Uh, Kaylin, whose mic keeps popping? Is that Mark's? So, is somebody hitting the mic or somebody's popping? So where they're talking, all right? I hear a pop every now and then. Was that? All right, yeah. That's Mike. Black people be saying P a lot. I didn't say nothing with a P in it. You want to you go to the next story? Uh, I do want to ask real quick, if this did get like picked up by other sites, Reddit, Perez Hilton, whatever, uh, if it got so famous, do you think the Smithsonian goes, should we fucking buy this? <laughs> or does some celebrity that just has fuck you money go did that would look great in the gazebo or the um gazebo's not a very rich it's thing literally what else fuck you money where would they put that <clears throat> the guest house how much do you think a gazebo costs in 2020 i think you stick it up the statue literary's dress the finger yeah <laughs> and then you smell it right <laughs> oh, jesus <laughs> smells like freedom mike maybe the car downstairs saved it saved it with a patriotic pun <laughs> let's go to the next story Feel good story. <laughs> Veteran collapses. Yeah, I just heard it. What was that? We're out of time. No. What is it again? It might be there's a headphone on all the power from the fucking fuck you. Oh, Mike was Mark was undone. We're back. Great. Mark kicked my shit. <laughs> uh Kalen, we uh you know we'll keep it in. This is the first episode. I want people to know how raw this shit is. All right? We don't fucking take out our Studio bleeps. Studio man keep taking. We don't take out the bleeps and the peeps. Wait, remember that? Spaceballs? Was it Michael? Um, what's his name? Uh, no, Winslow. Remember? He's like, sir, remember, who was it? Uh, Rick Moranis comes around and he's like, what's going on? He's like, we got the bleeps, we got the creeps, and we got the peeps. Remember we that? We got something with the radar, sir. Yeah. We have something with the radar, sir. We got the beeps and the leaps and the zeeps. You know, the sweep. Yeah. And the beeps and the do do do. I think that's not all he's lost. Oh my god, dude! I would pay fifty bucks to see you do that on stage. Word, yeah, just I'll that take scene. that fifty. You know my Venmo. <laughs> you know Shit. my Venmo. You know that Venmo. That's a T-shirt. All right, veteran <laughs> collapses on Antiques Roadshow after hearing current value of his 1974 Rolex. Before we play this clip, and I, this might be how we end the show today, I 
want I I there's certain things that I just haven't done yet. And again, going back to the beginning of the show, we've we've all gotten to do some pretty sweet things and been a part of things, and that's what being out here provides if you stick in the game long enough. But I I want to go to an antiques roadshow so fucking bad because videos like this make me go, these people are so jacked up about prized possessions and things they didn't know cost as much as they do or think they do. Um, it's Pawn Stars, I never got into that. But guess what, dude? I've been in RVs. I love when I see RV fucking parks. I love the uh, just, you know, and the roadshow. And antique is such a silly word because it's like, I, again, I feel like it's like comedy. It's subjective. Like, and this guy's like, this is worth 15 grand. And the guy's like, you fucking, is your boner tucked away? Because I'm about to blow your mind. <laughs> and uh, and I think that's what happened. Because, again, if you passed out from finding out how much this watch costs. Scroll down. Let's get some facts real quick. A man bought a Rolex. Uh, a Ro oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> He got sponged down after he found out his Rolex. A man brought a Rolex watch he purchased in 74, 1974 for $345.95 to an antique show to find out its current value. His reaction, priceless. Uh, all right, let's not even read more. Let's just scroll up and get the uh, get the dates. It's a six-minute video. Let's see how much we can... Uh, and go full screen on let's this, Mark. Let's go top to the ground. Let's see if that just goes right to it. Okay, full screen it and hit the audio, will you? I'll go. I brought in a Rolex watch that... I had purchased while I was in the uh, military. I was stationed in Thailand from 1973 to 1975. And while I was there, I flew on Air America Airlines and Continental Airlines. And I noticed that most of the pilots that were flying those aircraft wore Rolex watches and I was intrigued by them. I always wanted to purchase them, but they were very expensive. Later, when I was transferred to another base, I okay, did some scuba real quick, diving. Get pause for me. And I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we stopped at the exact right time. Did you hear his last sentence? He goes, and then I was scuba diving when I was 10. And I met a guy who played the flute. And actually, that's when I found my love for the banjo. They're not the same instrument. They're in the same family you know, cover band instruments. But so I think every now and then when I'm looking for a vest, I want a giant zipper to be coming out of it. And, uh, oh, wait, which one of us is talking? I don't know, because that voice kind of sounds like it could be out of either one of our mouths. Uh, okay, this uh, these guys, fuck. Actually, Mike, I told you I'd give you 50 bucks to see you reenact that scene from Spaceballs. Uh, if they could do it first, I would pay them. Uh <laughs> Actually, I'd like to see these guys do the uh, the Harry Met Sally scene where uh, Meg Ryan comes oh. over the soup in public oh. or fakes fake orgasms. Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd like to see these guys act that scene out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to see these guys act out a lot of uh, duo great movie scenes. I want to see these two guys do any duo movie scene like Jerry Maguire, you know, Cruz and Zellweger. You had me at hello. Lethal Weapon 6. Can we find these guys? <laughs> Do we have the power? I'm sure we can. All right. Um, let's scroll if we can to the guy's reaction. Okay, I don't... Because he passes out. Just, there we go. They're talking watches. They're out... By the way, this is the other thing with these antique roadshows. Don't go too far. Do not b blow the load before we even fucking start penetrating. This, <laughs> this... Um, the the backdrop. There we go. Back it up. The backdrop for this antique roadshow is again my other favorite part. They all look like they're at the Wild Wild West stunt show at Universal Studios Hollywood. They're which really was my do. favorite uh, attraction at the park when my uh, mom took my sister 
and I there, and I went to the uh, animal actor stage, and I got pulled up on stage, little fat kid in a fanny pack from Seattle, Washington, and I was the last uh, participant that got to, you know, they bring out like a monkey, and like they bring out an old woman, and the monkey would come out with like, you know, a bra, and they were like, you know, where did that come from? And he's like, the monkey's like, I took it from the back, you know? And uh, the, the dog comes out and, you know, whatever. So for me, they put me up and they go, now hold your arm up like this. And then they had this condor, oh, a fucking so hawk or thing. And they go, and I'm like, oh, I'm, like, oh, I'm at Universal Studios acting with like, you know, we're going to have a special friend from the movie Willow or some shit. And I put my hand up like this. And then they go, now look up there. And it was like an amphitheater style seating. So like I'm on the stage and then like the seats kind of go up like that. And I look up and I just see this bird go, and I go, eh? and then I go. She goes, say hi to Pe to to Petey, the fucking condor. And then I'm just like, he doesn't look like a Petey. And he just goes, and just uh, just descends down on me. And I got up and ran. And he chased me around the stage. A giant <laughs> bird chased me around the stage because I wasn't sitting still. And I was, but I still was holding my hand up like this. It's like ah, ah, and then it fucking finally landed on me, and I like dropped to the ground. I was like, <laughs> um. Anyway, that's what uh what this looks like is a, a universal studio set i think we found our moment let's play this and then we will wrap this up oh it's better be worth it your watch is more special you it says <laughs> it says oyster on it yes they did that for an extremely short period of time we refer to that as a mark ii dial and this particular model being marked oyster is extremely extremely rare a watch like this at auction is worth about $400,000. <laughs> you okay? She brought a water, everything. <laughs> Don't fall. I'm not done yet. I said a watch like yours because of the condition of it. Basically, it's a new old stock watch. No wear on Wait, it. Pause it real quick. The pause original real quick. foil sticker on I the back. I think in the article, it. this guy thought it was worth 375 bucks, right? No, he bought yeah, it for that. He bought it for, he that. Bought it for that. Okay. So he doesn't know. No. It's 400 grand, by the way. By the way, if he was in the NBA, he wouldn't get called for that flop. No. Because <laughs> yeah. that's how much we don't call flops in the NBA. That was amazing, by the way. The watch flop. I thought he was legitimately going to pass out, but he threw his body onto the ground. <laughs> being like, I can afford the medical bills, you know? He's pretty agile. He was. He looks old, but he got down and up real like quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. It's a solid old guy flop. I, I think we're about to, I think this is the part of the video that's about to blow our minds because he goes, oh, that's great. For, by the way, though, falls down and gets up and then is, I'd be going fucking bonkers. 400 grand is a lot of money. Yeah. And you bought it for 375 and he's just like, all right, Griff, well, where's my cash? It's like, right. so now he says a watch like that, but this one's in mint condition. All right, here we go. It. And the fact that we have all this complete documentation here also. Maybe one of the very few in the whole world that still was never worn. Your watch. Pause it real quick. At auction today. How much does this guy who uh, is in the red shirt and the vest, how much popcorn do you think he makes in his okay. spare time? <laughs> totally. <laughs> and that's not an insult. I almost bought a popcorn machine, like an, an old school one on uh, Amazon when I was stoned a couple weeks ago. And I was just like, dude, you know it would be fun to have at the house? The popcorn. You didn't almost buy it. You bought it and it's sitting in my living room. A second one. In a box. Oh, I'm saying a second a one. Second <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish my story. Yeah. I bought a popcorn machine for Adam Devine for his birthday. He sent me a text and I go, I didn't get any response. I go, did you get my gift? He goes, oh, you mean the giant fucking popcorn machine? He goes, yeah, man, I can't accept this. And I go, why? He goes, really sweet thought. 
I'm, you know, my girl's already trying to fucking declutter my place and get my arcade games out and stuff. Popcorn machine is just adding to the mess. I was like, I'll come get it next week. He goes, please. And thank you for the sweet gesture. So, uh, I've never heard of anything that like that. That's not like a re gift. That's like a de gift. Yeah. You were de gifted. Yeah. So I have that. But I thought about getting another one, a smaller one for my place. Cause the big one that yeah. we talked about giving it to a comedy club, definitely not going to take that one. I, I'm talking about a smaller one. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Adam then, uh, in typical just, you know, tight butthole form, uh, as I'm leaving, uh, goes, can you come back? Calls me. He's like, I forgot your present, man. And this is like weeks later after the popcorn fiasco. And I, and I, pull back to his house he comes down with a fucking nicely wrapped gift it looks like a bottle of like super nice tequila i go dude he's like yeah man and he pulls on a fucking it's like the cameras were rolling and he's fucking in a movie he goes dude he goes friendship blah blah gives me a nice little speech he goes i, I just happy holidays man i go dude fucking thanks i get home open it he goes open it when you get home it's a fucking fleshlight <laughs> you fucked him right <laughs> all right so let's play this last little moment here for Five hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars. You're good. No, I'm very I like serious. This guy. Oh, it's an absolute fabulous find. It's one of the rarest Paul Newman models. Pause it real in quick. This condition, I don't think there's a better one in the world. That's got to be their catchphrase, right? And like what they're all looking. We're looking for fabulous finds, right? Yeah, like what he just said, because he goes, <laughs> "That was a fabulous find." That's what we're looking for. Our fabulous finds, like my shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know some people said only orville ruttenbacher can wear those stripes <laughs> or barnum and bailey but <laughs> Some ring mass, yep. yeah. uh all right so dude that's a significant upgrade you're gonna add two to three hundred grand more it's amazing again this guy's not phased i bet you that yeah the guy who buys this will also get lunch with this guy like i'm buying that as long as i can have lunch with the guy <laughs> <laughs> all right play this does he pass out again we got 20 more seconds world can't thank you enough for bringing me one of the greatest watches to ever see on Antiques Roadshow, and thank you very much for your service. Unbelievable. You can't wear it, though. Oh, if you wear it, it drops down to the $400,000 value. What the fuck? Like a car? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, totally. By the way, what a dick out of nowhere at the end. Yeah. Don't you fucking touch it. By the way, yeah. you put your dirty-ass wrist on it, it's going to go down. Yeah. The fuck? I'm going to hold this shit till I get a million. What? Here's what would have been with the gangster move. For him to slam this guy's hygiene right in front of him and be like, <laughs> you got the, your fucking nasty-ass wrinkly fucking bombs. Yeah. I'm going to drop this watch 200K, you fucking nasty fuck. And what if that guy just pauses and goes and takes the watch and goes... <laughs> Smacks him with it. Smacks him with it. Hope like, he don't play that shit. And then he just goes, and then he picks it up and he goes, oh, I still got time for a coffee. There you go. Yeah, right. He puts it on his wrist. He goes, what? He goes, you know what time it is? Time to smack a fat ass on live TV. <laughs> and then he fucking takes the guy's vest off and puts it on and walks off camera. Tears off his face and wears like a mask. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and, then hosts, and then hosts the show. <laughs> PBS, dude. That's why they put a black strip over his over his mouth. Yeah. Here's yeah. why PBS will always be PBS. Take a risk every now and then. You know, take a fart gamble. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> gamble. Let that guy go. You gotta be fucking kidding me. More viewers. People be like, I'll fuck with PB. Well, because we found this yeah. clip, which is still great, but what if it was like, you know, guy drops F bomb on Antique Roadshow, PBS leaves it open, you know? Right. I'm watching PBS more. Thank you. Well, uh, I'm watching you guys more because you'll be here every week. Uh, Mike, Mark, Nate. Thanks. This is it, man. ALN, back back in action, 2020. Uh, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, the YouTube uh, channel about last night. This whole episode will be up every week. 
And we're going to have guests on. We've got a lot locked in and loaded. Uh, Fortune Feimster next week. Uh, Oliver Hudson, uh, Kate Hudson's brother, uh, who uh, has a show with her, a podcast uh, where they interview uh, siblings. Um, Melissa McCarthy's coming back. Just got that confirmed today. So uh, a lot of a lot of hot uh, there it is hot stars and, and winners. But uh, this is the core of the show. And and so um, if you dig it, subscribe, share it, like it. Uh, do you guys want to plug your social medias real quick before we get out of here? Uh, I just I do have I, I plug that I do have a question though. Who is the lead singer in Coldplay? <sighs> Dude, and don't look it up. But every week, that's how we're gonna end the show. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And I don't want you to ever know, but I want you <laughs> okay, to just, find out organically. Okay. I want you. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's yeah. what's going to be great about this show, dude. At some point, you're going to come in, and halfway through, you're just going to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to say his name, and we're going to be like, how'd you find out? And that's going to be a great story. This you know? Great the origins episode. of how I found out. The origins, out. yeah. The origins of how I know what Radiohead is. And this would be a great little. Again, <laughs> <a little, laughs> <laughs> just clumps them together. This would be a great little segment. It's like, White people and black people are quizzing each other in each other's cultures, but just put nine stuff. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah totally. absolutely. Uh, uh, at the real Mike Jones, you can follow me at the real Mike Jones at M Y K E Jones. Great. And uh, my my website's just markscomedy.com. Everything's on there. And Mark Sotel on Instagram and uh, yep. And Facebook you can, you, can, and, uh, you can click on the links at markscomedy.com and it brings you to all of it. Great. Do you have a Craigslist account going? Got a Craigslist account. <laughs> <laughs> you know my Venmo. My e- you yeah. know my Venmo. Yeah. Nate, Nate, where are you at? At Nate Petty, dude. You know my Venmo. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.